Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the mom's music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want, and we're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want, we're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's Music Store.
thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple: awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now let's get this show on the road. What is going on, metalheads, hashers, defenders of the faith? Today is our lesson in the ultraviolence. No, not really. What is going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. This week, I have the band Midnight Hellion. You've seen them on tour with Anvil the last couple of months. Holy shit, what a long tour it was. But before we talk to those guys, we have Jason coming back this week from the Heavy Metal Wasteland to talk about Megadeth. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a show review here really fast for you. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Athena and I, you know, Metal Mischief Athena, went to Exodus, Death Angel, and a band from E-Town, Kentucky called Sinistrum. Sinistrum's first show, they blew it the fuck away. Be looking for those guys to come on here pretty soon, because they kick ass. And, like, Exodus and Death Angel, holy shit, they, they have only gotten better every single time I have seen them. You know, it's like, I don't know what it is, because, like, you know, they're all, they're, they're, it's the indoctrination deal. That's like, they're fucking, they're who they are. And it's like, every time I see them, it's like something completely different and blows me away. I can't explain it, but... Super rad stuff. So if you've been following the Bay Strikes Back tour, it's been going on for quite some time. There was a little bit of time off uh, in the summer, but now they've, they're have they starting to do some one-off shows on the tour as well before going to Europe for the remainder of the year. And this was really cool because Headliners in Louisville, it's a small, intimate place. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you every town I think has one, you know any any city that that has like a mid-sized place, you know holds about five six hundred people or whatever. Everybody's got that that small intimate place where there's no barricade and it just completely kicks ass. But I'm gonna run down this set list for the Exodus set, and it was completely insane because like obviously they're still touring Persona Non Grata. But, you know, they also play a lot of stuff from Bonded by Blood and and everything like that. But, like, this show was a little bit different because they played, you know, something from Impact is Imminent. You know, something from uh, Exhibit A, uh, the the Atrocity Exhibition. You know, that's pretty cool to to get, like, the weird, like, one-off songs because it's not like an actual... They don't have to fit a time frame, you know, when they're opening up for Testament or whatever. But obviously, they start the show with the beatings and will continue until morale improves. Super cool. Uh, a lesson in violence, blood in, blood out. Then they jump to iconoclasm, which is wow. That's like an off the beaten. You know, they don't play that a lot. Uh, the years of death and dying, death and amphetamine, blacklist. I absolutely love seeing live. They, it's like the whole crowd gets into that song, and it's so fun. To watch and to sing along to. Uh, Piranha, Only Death Decides, Prescribing Horror. To me, that is like a standout track on Persona. 
I, I love that. I love that song. And it's just got this cool groove that it's so rad. So seriously, check that one out. Obviously, Bonded by Blood, The Toxic Waltz, and Strike of the Beast. So 13 songs, and you know, usually they're, they're sets between 10 and 11 songs on this tour. So we got a couple of cool ones like Iconoclism and uh, Only Death Decides, you know. So those are... Those are some extra songs that got thrown out there, which was awesome. But yeah, if you get a chance to see them when when they're headlining a show, it's so much better than, you know... The set feels like it's a better set, honestly. It seems like they're having more fun when... And I guess that's with anybody, though. But anyways, I'm yakking away here. Let's check in with Jason and see what he has to say about some Megadeth, because, you know, they released a new album here recently, and I haven't got it yet. Haven't even listened to it. But I, I, I'm a completionist, so I'm going to end up buying it. But because of, you know, things that are going on, I'm probably going to buy it on a second-hand market. So, I'm sorry. That's just how I am. So, let's check in with Jason. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wasteland. Hope you all have been well, and I hope that cooler weather has found you like it has me here in the mountains of North Carolina. It's uh, very nice to know when I wake up in the mornings that I am not waking up to sweat profusely all day, and I can actually enjoy riding with the windows down and enjoying the nice uh, fresh air rather than uh, AC all the time, so that's nice. But uh, enough about the weather and my personal uh, preferences. Uh, I'm here to talk about the new Megadeth album, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. I was actually surprised that this is album number 16. Uh, most of the time when I think Megadeth, it's uh, the first three, the lineup involving Marty Freeman and Nick Menza, which, you know, thinking back, that's like in that era is like 30 years old. Or, or near it. It's pretty hard to believe. But also, there's a couple albums in the uh, early 2010s. Then, obviously, uh, the comeback album, uh, Dystopia. And now the new one, Sick of Dying in the Dead, which uh, has grown on me quite a bit since I got it last week. Uh, so, I have a couple complaints about it. Uh, but I will start with the positives first. The riffs, uh, the solos, the drumming, the bass, the tones, the production is all stellar stuff. It's like a master class in thrash riffing. Obviously, we know that the drama that involved David Ellison being kicked out of the band for some hands-on activities, that was... Uh, Later came out to be uh, between two consenting adults, so maybe uh, kicking them out of the band over it was a little harsh, but again, nobody except for who's in the band is on the uh, inside with these things, so uh, I don't want to judge too hard uh, about the situation, so I really don't know what the inner turmoil was. But enough about that, uh, Steve DiGiorgio, who plays in Testament and Death and the... Uh, new death tribute act going around is uh, the bass player for this album and it's a masterful job 
like everything else he does. Uh, so really, the good is you know it kick, it kicks ass. Now there is some chinks in the armor uh, for me anyway. First off, uh, there's too many songs on the album. It's like 52 minute song. It's it's really long. Uh, there's a few songs that could have been uh, cut. Um, there was a, a couple tracks at the end that are cover songs. There's a Dead Kennedy song and a Sammy Hagar song. I'm not really a big Dead Kennedys fan, so this this one didn't really do much for me. Um, and there's a couple of other ones. Um, one called Mission to Mars that's like super cheesy and corny. I thought it really didn't fit with the vibe of the album. And another one called Junkie, which I really didn't care for. But uh, all the rest is pretty stellar stuff. So... Another complaint I have is some of the lyric choices uh, Dave Mustaine makes in this album. Uh, not all of it's bad. There's some really good vocal um, melodies that, and that I enjoyed. Uh, for the most part, the lyrics are pretty cool. I enjoy uh, snarky Dave Mustaine more than I do uh, singing Dave Mustaine in a way. So um, that's my preference on his singing styles. But... Um, Man, like, the lyrics that I really didn't like, or just the vocal, or the lyric choices that he tried to sing in some of them, I really questioned on some songs. Uh, for instance, the title track, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Um, there's some weird filler stuff he throws in that really doesn't fit. Um, the next song, Life in Hell, he tries to f- cram in a, a phrase that has too many syllables for the line he's singing it on. Um, you know, Ice-T randomly shows up in one track and just kind of raps, which, like, when you think Megadeth, you don't really think rap, but... And that one kind of works for me after a while, but, like, when I first heard it, it was, like, it really, like, what, what is this? You know, um, but there's some, there's a couple other ones, um, I just, you know, didn't do much for me and could have been cut to save on, uh on time and been all, more all killer no filler but um for the most part you know this album is pretty damn solid i mean even the complaints i have the songs are still kick-ass except for the mission of mars one well the last half of mission of mars is pretty good but trying to get through it to the last half is a little little agonizing but um songs like the actual the title track is a really good song except for some of the lyric choices Life in Hell is a ripper. Uh, the next song with Ice-T on it, uh, Night Stalkers, it's pretty badass. Uh, kick-ass uh, bass uh, interlude in there, by the way. Uh, it really shows the full tone of the bass in that one part, which is some of the nastiest bass tone I've heard in quite a while. Dogs of Chernobyl, uh, that's a pretty um, good mid-tempo uh, heavy tune. And uh, some other ones, I think there's a really uh, new wave of British heavy metal uh, inspired song called um, Celebi Taunt. That's uh, pretty good. I like a lot. Uh, stuff like that. And of course the uh, closing track, which was the first single, uh, We'll Be Back, is um, I think it's their answer to the uh, Spit Out the Bone uh, track that Metallica put out on the last album. So, if you're into Megadeth, uh, I would highly recommend this album if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, I would say you have if you're a Megadeth fan. Or even if you're a casual fan or just, you know, curious about uh, what riffs uh, they've got on the album. 
Uh, if you're not a Megadeth fan or his, uh, you know, points of views or politics drives you crazy, I would say probably stay away from this one because it's probably more of the same. Uh, there's a trilogy of videos that's supposed to tie in together, even though I have no idea what the tie-ins are. Uh, so they're up on YouTube. And, um, yeah, that's all I got for this one. Uh, always want to thank Mark for giving me a few minutes of his time. And, of course, you guys for your time. Hopefully you're not fast-forwarding through all this, but if you are, I understand. And, uh, as always, uh, stay safe, stay heavy, and we will talk to you next time. Yeah, Jason, I think you hit it right on the head there about staying away if, if, if you're not into Dave's political stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's totally me in this juncture. I am definitely not like, oh gosh, I, can't, I just can't do it right now. It's so toxic at this point. So we're going to do this. Sense of the toxicity of, of all that, we're going to just rip it up. And that's what we're going to play from Midnight Hellion from the Condemned to Hell album going back to the beginning. This is Rip It Up. metalheads this week is awesome because back at the beginning of june i had the pleasure of playing a show with these three cats and they recently got off a a damn near two month long tour with anvil this past summer i've got all three members of midnight hellion here guys introduce yourselves hey hey how you doing man i'm drew rizzo the drummer i'm rich bass and vocals I'm Charles Kegler. I'm the lead guitarist. Dudes, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> well, we just finished rock and roll in a rehearsal. Um, we never 
they take time off because time is of the essence, you know? So we just finished this two-month-long uh, tour with Anvil. It was a great, great time, man. Uh, saw the entire country, coast-to-coast. Coast. We started up in Maine and in Chicago, went to all points, north, south, east, and west. And, uh, yeah, right now we're prepping up for our next adventures coming soon. Hell yeah. yeah. I, did I did the math on it. We drove through, I think it was 34 states, played 27 of them. <laughs> Good lord, that's insane. That's like that's like all what it was about back in the day. You know, you would get these 60-day tours and shit like that. And then think of like all the people that that did 60 days and then were home for like a week and then they went back out on the road. Exactly. That's exactly what Anvil did. They went home for a week and did a Canadian run, and then they go home for another week, and then they go to Europe for two months. (laughs) See, that is insane. And, you know, they've been doing it for so long, it's like second nature to those guys. Exactly. And we're very fortunate that they were able to introduce us into their world like that, too. Take us along for the run and to go in full speed ahead, because this is our first time we've ever done touring of this nature to that extent. We've done some touring in the past, but not anything like this definitely now you guys actually had played with anvil before this back a few years ago actually yes um (laughs) should i tell the story yes uh (laughs) let's let rich tell the story because it was most monumental for him yeah um so back in 2016 we played uh with anvil at a local show we were one of the openers i had come in um to play bass originally and had to step in on vocals. That was my first show on vocals too. Oh wow! So, so it was it was a little monumental for me because I'm sitting here. Oh geez, oh geez, oh geez, oh hey Anvil, oh geez, oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's going to be a night to remember for quite a while. And then all of a sudden, full circle. Here we are. We were on tour with them, and there, there you go. Well, clearly you made an impression. Apparently, <laughs> you know, for to sit there and say, you know, well, six years later, I, I let me see if I can channel my my inner lips voice here. It's like, well, you know, six years later, we're gonna take you out on the road. So, <laughs> no, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lips, what are you doing on this call? <laughs> right. No, I no, I, I mean, I always imagine. You know, I I love lips to death. He's a great dude. I always imagine about um you know he's he sounds like bret hart <laughs> that's a good analogy yeah, 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 yeah it does i mean when i had him on the show back in 2020 or 2021 something like that it was like last year i believe here's me not knowing my own fucking like people that i've had on when i was like man you know if you just listen to him talk he sounds like Brett in an interview. So it's it's, it's like kind of, it comes full circle because I'm a wrestling fan. I'm an Anvil fan. They're both Canadian. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, and then, you know, Brett's uh, brother-in-law, Jim the Anvil. Oh. I mean, that's a hell of a connection right yeah. there, too. Very much so. <laughs> not for nothing, and, I mean, you can tell there's a difference between Brett Hart and Lips for one reason, one reason only. One of them wears sunglasses. Ah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, Jim the Anvil, you know, I, ha- I I like to fashion my my goatee like him, you know, where it's like straight down and stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so good old heart foundation, man. What's that? Good old heart foundation. Oh yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. So tell us about Midnight Hellion. 
Um, well, we started in 2011, officially. I formed the band, um, and we had went through quite a bit of uh, touring as well as uh, some releases. We did a demo, an EP, and a 7-inch single. And then Q into 2016, we had linked up with Jeremy Moles on guitar, and he had been friends already with uh, Rich Kubik, our bassist. So that was pretty much like the beginning, I would say, of when the band really came out of the demo phase and into the phase of Midnight Hellion being Midnight Hellion, when Rich stepped up on both bass and vocals. So uh, we recorded the record Condemned to Hell in 2017, and it came out on Witches Brew Records. And we are actually literally down to the last 86 copies of that album in the world. All of them are on vinyl. All cassettes and CDs were sold out during this past summer. So, yeah, that's pretty cool that uh, that's actually been depleted. It's a little depressing in a way, too, because, like, you know what? We love the record, and it's going to be gone soon. Definitely. But uh, anyway, so back to current times. So uh, once we did our touring cycle for uh, Condemned to Hell, we had went out with OTEP uh, for a few dates out in the Midwest and mountain regions of the U.S., did some regional dates as well. We played with Overkill. We played with Obituary, Exodus, Ingvay Malmsteen, uh, a bunch of others too. Udo. Udo we did, uh, Diamond Head, Raven. But yeah, we did a lot of different things around uh, the Jersey area as well as the uh, short East Coast shoreline. Um, so for this record, can, uh, Kingdom Immortal, I'm getting mixed up now, sorry. Uh, so Kingdom Immortal, we had... Uh, just actually been uh, working with a bunch of friends on guitar for some of the touring as Jeremy had to step away. So about two months before we entered the studio with Alex Perialis up at uh, Pyramid Sound in Ithaca, New York, we had linked up with our guitarist, Charles Kegler. And he came in, learned everything, spot on, ready to rock and roll. Two months later, he comes into the studio with us, and we spit out this record in six days. So oh, wow. that was pretty cool to be able to do that. Yeah, we worked uh, vigilantly uh, night and day, pretty much 10 a.m. till 2 a.m. almost every single day. And we actually <laughs> ended with time to spare because we had uh, allocated out seven days. So that was that. And um, obviously we know what happened in the past year or so. So we figured, you know, we got to wait till uh, to strike while the iron's hot. We got to wait out the time a little bit and come out when we can actually go tour effectively on the record. So we waited until January 21st of this year to release Kingdom Immortal. So we figured, you know, we got to get some legs on this record, man, and we got to do a tour. And the Anvil tour came up, and uh, management and the booking agent thought that we were a good fit, and here we are, man. It was incredible. Hell so yeah. we're in the middle of doing the touring for it, so this is only... Part one, although we do have more ready to rock and roll for the near future for record number three, we are still focusing very strongly on Kingdom Immortal. For sure. So going to backtrack a little bit because that was a lot to assimilate all at one time. So <laughs> like a bio and uh, past, present and future. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And that's what it's all about. So Condemned to Hell. Witches Brew. I, I love the CD artwork for this because it's like it's like an inverse style of the old Silverface CDs that you used to get. You know, like the Epic uh, Epic Records CDs where it was just like the text on the on the disc, and it had the like the red line around it, and this has like the blue line. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely, man. Yeah, definitely all about keeping things traditional. What I really do want to focus on here is what it says on the disc itself, other than the name and the the, the name of the album and the uh, 
like the brew 092, like the tag for the, uh, you know, which release it was for the label. Because if you read the CD itself, it says, all headbanging rights reserved. You're encouraged to share this witch's brew release with others by cranking the volume so your friends, family, pets, neighbors, uh, and neighbors can enjoy the metal too. That is fucking <laughs> rad as hell, you know? It's like, <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that kicks ass. That's like one of those little Easter egg things that you, if, if you're not really paying attention, you're, it's just like, oh, it's just like all rights reserved and blah, 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 copyright, blah, all that shit. Exactly. And that's the difference between a download or a stream and physical product. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. While I do... I said you get all these treats just like on the vinyl for that record. <laughs> Hell yeah. And see, that's one of the things too is like I am a hound for when it comes to... I mean, my vinyl collection, I've got, I really got a limit because if I ever move, nobody likes to help move that stuff. So my CDs, you know, they can fit all in about, about 25 boxes. So, <laughs> so I, I still like to have a, a nice CD collection because, you know, child of the eighties, nineties and millennium era, you know, it, it, that's how it is to me. So absolutely. Totally agreed, man. I still have a, a huge collection of everything myself too. I, Never streamed. I never download. I only purchase. Definitely, and only physical medium. Well, I will stream. I don't stream typically. Uh, I will copy my CDs to my phone so I can have it on the go. So I'm not carrying a giant CD book with me. Yeah, I, and that's why I got an iPod too, especially to preserve the CDs because the car CD players sometimes scratch them. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not. I'm not forking out about. Fifteen hundred dollars for a resurfacer? <laughs> no, 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 not worth it. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're gonna want to get in on that to distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. And, and then so on Kingdom Immortal, you know, and, and I am an artwork hound. You know, I love like looking at something in in the section. Like, you know, 
I like going to the miscellaneous sections of of the record store, like the miscellaneous M's and and N's and and all of this stuff, especially in the metal section, because there are so many bands out there that if you can, you just okay, you're gonna go through, you're gonna see your your typical Metallica's, Motorheads, uh, Merciful Fates, etc. in the M section. But you know, when you get to like something like you guys, so what I'm saying here is like, you know, I totally. Would would probably have purchased this sight un or you know sound unheard based on the artwork alone. Thank you. That means a lot, and sweet. So can you can you tell us about the artwork for you know uh, just go through the through the beginning you know from condemned to, condemned to hell to kingdom immortal. Uh, well, basically, long and short is our mascot Sebastian is a werewolf, and he's been making appearances all over the world and underworld. And for Condemned to Hell, he had been taking over uh, Karen's boat. And so that was the main theme of that with the uh, underworld and everything going on there. Uh, for Kingdom Immortal, we found him at Mount Olympus. So he was uh, basically uh, immortalizing everybody that was coming up to the uh, altar of the king, basically. So uh, really the, the title name behind it, too, uh, is kind of like, you know, when uh, musicians die, or anybody, but this was kind of like the basis behind the thought on it. When musicians die, the music lives forever, but where do they go? They're immortalized. And Definitely. they go to Kingdom of World to be immortalized, you know? So it's kind of like a, a tribute, if you will, to everyone that we've grown up with that's no longer with us, in that sense, in terms of the title. Uh, oh, with yeah. the, the artwork itself, um, that was actually hooked up with Fastner and Larson, uh, Steve Fastner and Richard Larson, who have done... Um, quite a few album covers in the 80s especially uh they're more known for comic books and uh the graphic novels they did a stellar job man i cannot say enough about what they've done for us on that record and uh yeah we were looking forward to working with them again very soon so keep your eyes peeled out for some more we're coming collaborations with them hell yeah it looks like uh rich larson has done something uh intruder psycho savant back in the day back in the in the early 90s and yep. let's see let's see what uh uh steve fastner's done before let's he's got some intruder he's got overkill so hell yeah awesome stuff here like like i said you know to me you know artwork makes metal albums i think you can have some really shitty artwork and it could be the best album in the world and it's just like if you can't for me personally if i can't just look at it and be like fully immersed visually as well as you know auditorily it's it, it's kind Absolutely. of like a it's like it's like meh. like i picked up the new uh ozzy album and it's like it's cool don't get me wrong because it's like it's kind of like I think it's Ozzy's version of uh, of uh, "Hey Stupid," you know, by Alice Cooper, where it's like <laughs> we're gonna play with a bu- I'm gonna have a bunch of different artists on here, and we're just all gonna do goofy shit. And but like there is a version of it that comes with a poster where it's like the artwork I am not completely sold on, but I was so tired I didn't want to get another so- co- another copy. That had just him on the cover, like ordinary man did. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so like we've seen it. We know what Ozzy looks like. It's all okay. <laughs> yeah, <you>. for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, like, but like I said, the the artwork on it, I'm not completely sold on. So at least you know some of the some of the songs have a, a hook to them. 
<laughs> and if you have to hear the new record, I've heard the new single. Um, it, I gotta say, man, it was actually pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you're talking about Patient Number Nine. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've I've listened to about half of it so far. I got I got up to the fourth track, which is a. Let's face it. It's it's. I think it's a Black Sabbath holdover track, honestly, because Tony Iommi's <laughs> playing guitar on it. So yeah, that's cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's it's really good. Every everything that I've listened to on, it's like, man, that's really good. It's like, Hey, that's really good too. Like it's got Jeff Beck. It's got Zach wild. It has Tony Aomi has, uh, you know, quite a few other people on there as well. So hell yeah. But enough of Ozzy talk here. Ozzy's cool. But like, this is about you guys. So exactly. And hopefully one day, if Ozzy decides to tour again, maybe we can be an opening act. (laughs) That would be awesome. You know, I don't. I really wish he would, but I think he's going to start just doing the one-off things, especially after the uh, the debacle over the the halftime show on like Thursday night football a couple of weeks ago or whatever. Where yeah, absolutely. But where, then again, if he's doing one-offs, he could do a one-off in Jersey, and Midnight Hellion will open up. Hell yeah! yeah. See, you, you've got it. You've got it covered oh, right yeah. now. Hell hell yeah! <laughs> so you kind of alluded to this, Sharon. <laughs> What's that? If you're listening, Sharon. <laughs> if Sharon, <laughs> if Sharon is listening to this show, it's because the the hate that I've spewed off for her, it's like tripped her radar. <laughs> I, I, I was watching some behind the scenes of uh, the patient number nine video, and I couldn't help but to think how much she has started to look like Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Um, I'm just going to leave that right there. Yeah. We'll leave that one at that. Right. So you kind of alluded to the, to this earlier, and you started talking about a new album. Can you give us a little insight on that? Uh, so far, it's just in the writing session phase with it. Um, in the past, it's always been uh, Rich and me taking care of all the writing. Uh, like We'll get together on guitars, have a writing session, all that good stuff, and plug it in to uh, Guitar Pro from there, arrange it, and take it uh, live with the band. Uh, we actually started working with Charles on it prior to the uh, Anvil tour, so we got him involved in the writing sessions. So at this point, um, we have some coming up, too, that we're going to be working on. So we're working on the new album simultaneously while promoting Kingdom Immortal. Okay. So sooner yeah. than later, it's going to be coming out. So it'll be just a matter of time, but we got to finish up this tour cycle first before we get everything rocking with... Uh, Record number three. Definitely. So in the writing process for you guys, you you said that it was usually you and Rich doing it, and now you've incorporated Charles into it. Now, are you both multi-instrumentalists? Can you both play, like, guitar? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm actually, literally, Rich and I will sit down with just guitars only and do it like that. Awesome. And obviously now with Charles, too. He'll be here with guitar. <laughs> yeah. Hell but, yeah. yeah so, uh, so, yeah, we're just... Uh, we all pretty much uh, play the guitar fairly well into the sense of being able to um, write on. I'd say Charles is the only one out of the three of us that can actually play live on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, I get that. Well, you know, I, I can play guitar to a degree. Like at home, I can play and I can write uh, rhythms and stuff on guitar. I've tried to do it live, and I fucking suck live on guitar. That's why I'm a bass player. 
<laughs> so yeah, I totally get the I the only guy who has the qualifications to do it live. Yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, it, for me, it kind of helps because I basically play my bass like a guitar, except a lot more physically. Right. Um, but it it, uh, it it lends itself really well to rhythm guitar writing, and uh, every now and again. I'll come up with a lead idea in my head and then hum it out and Charles will come in and go, Oh, this is what you actually want. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. So in, in metal, it's usually about the riff coming up with a good riff. So is that how you guys get together and do your writing? Is it, do you, do you come up with like this, this riff and then you come up with another and then come up with another and then kind of just string those together? Pretty much any way possible uh, is the best explanation. So sometimes there's times where one of us will come in with a pretty much completed song, Six. and we'll just like kind of arrange it type of thing together. Sometimes they're okay, yeah, you know, I could use another riff here. Hey, let's see what we can come up with. And a lot of times what we do just in our writing sessions, we just come in, uh, no ideas whatsoever to present, and just start playing whatever comes out naturally, and it's built off of there. So there's that, and then there's times too where it's like, We'll take one of the riffs, so like, for example, Phantom Land. Um, we had come up with a few rich, uh, riffs, Rich and I, and then I came home and started plugging into the Guitar Pro program with arranging it. And all the riffs that we, ideas that we had for it weren't used except for, I think, two. <laughs> so everything else was just like come up off the spot as I was putting it in the arranging. And like it got to the point where I had to hum out the uh, ideas into a recorder because I couldn't keep up with the things that were coming out with. It's like, okay, crap, this is good. It's writing itself. <laughs> Definitely. A lot of our songs actually have written themselves, which is cool. That's when they're the best, I think, is when they write themselves. Whenever you, you can come in with something and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, at the end of like two practices, you have a complete song and everybody's jazzed and feeling it. Uh, we that That's basically what happened with... Uh, with um, Is it Casano? No, Black and White on... Can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... When I came in to step in on bass, I was sent a rehearsal tape just to get the tempos down. And they had jammed on the prototype for Black and White. And I'm like, okay, that's another song. I didn't know about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll learn it. I'll, I'll come up with something for it. And I came in and said, what about that other one? What other one? The, the one in between these two. You know, that, 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 that. That's not even a song yet, dude. Oh shit, I wrote something. <laughs> like, well, so you came in cool. writing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's it's a great way, I think, you know, to I always like to inform everybody on how it's done. And like cuz everybody has their own way of doing things. Like I said, you know, some people write just like the the 20 seconds of a riff and they write it seven different ones and then they just like okay well this is a verse and this is a chorus and this is a that and this you know or coming in like that it's like hey what about on this tape when you <laughs> yep absolutely Hell that's yeah. the fun thing about it because there's no two there's no correct way to write you know it's whatever works Definitely. and whatever works for that song you know because you could sit there and write everything a certain way your whole life and all of a sudden change it up completely for just this one song for sure. And and you said something a little bit ago I wanted to hit on here as well. When you went into the recording of Kingdom Immortal, you were there. You were like at breakneck speed getting it done. You had booked seven days, and you were there from like 10, 10A to 2, 2A. 
And yep, absolutely. to me, I love sessions like that. I love like 12, 14 hour block sessions to where you just go in, you hammer it the hell out and you get in and get out. It was perfect for us too, because uh, we physically lived in the studio because um, Ithaca, New York is about five hours away from us. So we had no distractions whatsoever. All we had to do was go there and make some metal. Definitely. So it was a really cool experience, and we've all wanted to do that in the past and never had the opportunity to do it just based on the um, logistics of everything. Like the studio we were in prior to that uh, was not did not have the ability to accommodate something like that just due to uh, sound ordinances and everything. Oh, so for sure. we were only able to do like four or five hours a day at most, you know? So, like, okay, yeah, we can actually go in and focus 100% and get multiple songs done in a single day? Cool. And it really helped capture the energy of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what it is, especially, you know, you you listen to albums like Pyromania, the Black Album, anything that Mutt Lang has touched, for example, like for those about to rock, you know, any like major label deal uh, uh, album from like, especially the mid, early to mid, late 80s to 90s and such. And it's trying to, think about this and say it at the same time it it's interesting because most of those albums those guys spend a year in the studio on and it's like i could not imagine spending a year recording something yeah i mean if you have the time and the means financially great more power to you to be able to do it like that but i think a lot of that too is when they go in with a uh, completely blank slate and they just write everything in the studio too. Like I know, uh, for example, Metallica. That's what they did for the Black Album. That's right. why it took a year to finish it up. Yeah, but, I think uh, they. Had, I think they collected. They collected demo tapes from everybody, and then they went in. Uh, like Lars and James went into the studio and cut the demo tapes, and then they said, "Okay, well, this is how we're. Go- this is what we're going to do." Yeah. So yeah, I, but still. For me, I'm I'm an impatient guy when it comes to that stuff, and I'd be like, "No, nope, got to get this shit done now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of the experience in Ithaca, man. I would have said the exact same thing, but after working with Alex on this record, like you know, I love playing live, but I'm really liking spending more time in the studio. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yeah! Well, here's looking up to a third album coming, hopefully within the next year. Absolutely, man. Hell yeah, absolutely. How, uh, Kingdom Immortal, how busy keep Kingdom Immortal will be keeping us in 2023. That will ultimately determine when we're able to get back up into Ithaca. Definitely. Oh, so you're planning on going back to the same studio? Absolutely, yep. Hell Already yeah. Already been uh, speaking with Alex about that, and he's just waiting for us. Hell Come yeah, on, guys. guys. Let's get back up. Hell yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm so, ready to rock. Definitely. Kicking ass and taking names at that point, right? Indeed. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. 
business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com So let's go ahead and break over into some general profile questions. These are about you guys as people. It could be music related. Mostly just life related questions. Okay. All right. Fire away. What do you got? What is something you don't mind sharing with other people? Music? (laughs) Opinions? (laughs) VD? Listen, one time, and you got to bring it up right here in front of all these people. Unbelievable. (laughs) Jeez, wow. So, music opinions and VD. (laughs) Yep. So, I mean, pretty much they all go, they all go, uh, you know, hand in hand, I guess, if you want to say it that way. And the best part is all of us answer for somebody else, so you don't know whose answer is whose. Right, right, exactly. I almost don't even want to know at that point. It's like, <laughs> especially after just coming off a tour with Anvil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to know either. <laughs> what is something coming up in your life that you're excited about? Well, my cousin's wedding's coming up. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm the best man in a wedding at the end of the month. Oh, wow. Uh, rocking again. That... <laughs> We actually have one more show coming up for this year, man. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, but it will be soon. Uh, it's just going to be a Jersey show, so it'll be nice to play our home state again. So really looking forward to doing that. Hell yeah, that's awesome. This one's an interesting one. If you swapped genders for a day, how would you spend it? Oh, man. In the, <laughs> in the mirror, probably. <laughs> Shopping. Oh. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a good answer. That's a good that, answer. Yeah, there you go. Answer. That is a valid answer. Probably sit there playing bass and video games. Uh, nothing, nothing would change. change. Nothing, <laughs> nothing would change. <laughs> Hell yeah. So shopping in the mirror and nothing would change. Indeed. You asked to. <laughs> <laughs> because the best part about shopping is you spend a lot of that time in the mirror. That's right. Ah, you ah, See, See this, is, this is another case. Uh, you know, you don't know... Uh, <laughs> what, what were you thinking anyway? What was I thinking? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Exactly. Know? Who's the fairest of them all? You know, you don't know. <laughs> right turn at the end of mirror, mirror. <laughs> what is your favorite vintage item? Ooh. And what are we considering vintage? Yeah. I, I would say anything over 40 years old. Uh, I would have to say my Kiss pinball machine signed by Ace Fairly. Nice. Yeah, that's a... That is a nice one. That um, is awesome. Did he come over and sign it, or did you have to take a piece of it and sign it? Uh, well, actually, it's a cabinet that's signed, and uh, it gets cooler than that, too, because uh, not only is it signed by Ace, it was signed to Johnny and Marsha Zazola. Oh. 
it was actually their Kiss Pinball Machine, and uh, he signed it for them when he was on Megaforce. Oh wow! That's so I acquired it from the Zizula family when they moved from uh, Pennsylvania to Florida. So it's even more special now that no that both uh, Marsha and Johnny are no longer with us. Right. So that's actually something that's a really really prized piece of my collection that both my fiance and I have. Dude, that is rad. That's probably one of the coolest answers I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. If you guys want to piggyback on that answer, since you both saw it. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got nothing that can compete with that, but I have a, I have a Aria Les Paul from, uh, like, a Les Paul copy um, from, like, 1976. And I would say, like, in terms of a more vintage thing that I have, that's my prize. Like, that would be my prize. It's just a really nice guitar. Hell yeah. I only... I only own one thing that's over 40 years old, and it's my Atari 2600. <laughs> so Dude. that would be the only answer I can give right now. But that, That's pretty rad. Um, it is. It, it's, it, it's one of the wood grain ones, so it's actually got the look. It's a shame I can't play it on any of these new TVs, but it's got <laughs> the look. <laughs> but, um, oh, well, I guess my Nintendo. No, wait, no, that's an 80s one. Um, yeah, it's not 40 years old. It's not 40. <laughs> nope, not yet. Not yet. It's close. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but uh, when Nintendo is 40, I will be older than 40. <laughs> so, uh, but the one thing I want is a 76 Super Bass. Oh, yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. I, I, want one. I will eventually own one, but yeah. it's a matter of getting four grand to get one. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, uh, somebody has a rummage sale. What is one surefire way to grab your attention? Riffs. <laughs> yes. It's true. Tug, low riff. I'm just like, I'm really just a caveman when it comes down to it with a heavy metal caveman. Just like, oh, me here, riff, riff, riff good. Oh, yes, me bang head, you know. <laughs> so, Fire bad, no. Fire bad, really good. Yeah, exactly. Extra bad. Exactly. And for me, I'd say a good song. Okay. Honest answer is to yell really loud, and I'll probably look that way. Um. (laughs) Definitely. So, I mean, and that could be applied to uh, to the music as well. Yell, yell really loud. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, a great riff. Absolutely, I, I've been in an, I've been in a bar and a band be playing in the next room that I didn't go to the show and could hear them, you know, in the other room and just be like, "Holy shit, what's that? That sounds so fucking awesome!" And actually went and bought mm-hmm. tickets to that just to see what the hell was going on. Nice, hell yeah. yeah. What do you keep on your desk or workspace? And in this in this instance, I'll sit there and say even on your live rig, because we all have something crazy that we carry with us that instantly boosts your mood. I've got a VHS of Rocky uh, on my desk at work, and uh, that really lifts my spirits anytime I look at it. Nice. Uh, oh, was that the one you found Columbus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a good spot for it. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I got too much crap on my desk, to be quite honest. Uh, but I've got uh, an Aussie Bark at the Moon um, doll. I guess it's 36-inch 36, 36 doll. And then the Iron Maiden uh, Somewhere in Time 24-inch doll up there. Arachic sets. Uh, 
bunch of demos are in there, which are pretty cool. Um, record player and a cassette to CD converter. Nice. And in terms of, and then obviously computers on there too, and all that crap. Um, and uh, I've actually got uh, what else on there? I don't remember anymore. Too much stuff. Um, <laughs> in terms of live rig. A towel. Okay. <laughs> I guess that would be the craziest thing that you, I could think of that I have is a towel. Definitely. I've seen <laughs> I've seen people carry weird shit on their live rig and they're like right in their case and shit like that. Like Oh absolutely, yeah. We just didn't have any room for anything like that. I get it. Yeah. Like I used to carry a buddy Christ. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Tying it back to Jersey, see? Hell yeah. <laughs> What about you, Mr. Rich? Uh, in terms of computer, I've got a ton of stuff on the desk, but uh, a couple of things that I look at and I just go, and, hey, that's nice. Um, I actually have the copy that we used for the, the the showing of the cassette for Kingdom Immortal. When those finally oh, nice. came in, I've got that sitting there still unopened. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <That's all. laughs> so I just I get a little smile on my face when I see that. Um, but I... Other than that, that's the only thing that really, like, it just brightens my day seeing it. Um, I think I've got Condemned to Hell sitting next to it, the cassette for that. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, just because they're sitting there, it's like the little Twin Tower cassettes. <laughs> Hell nice. yeah. And, and the moral of this story is, any day can be brightened by the proud purchase or ownership of any Midnight Hellion products. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot. I actually have a couple of pictures up there, too, of my fiancé and Ace Freely, actually. Uh, there's a Polaroid that's inside the um, pinball machine. So yeah. uh, when Rich they're like, oh, yeah, things that brighten your day. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got pictures of my girl up there. Of course. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Ozzy brightens my day. <laughs> hey, guys, Wesling Steve of the Wesling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wesling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wesling. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no f***ing 
man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. No. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Right. It's going to get weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere, and thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. So I have one last question, but before we do it, do you guys have any shout-outs you want to give today? Uh, thank you. Hi, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that came out and saw us on the Anvil Tour. Uh, to Anvil as well. They're actually in New York right now uh, for a film screening for This Is 13. Not This Is 13. I'm sorry. This uh, Anvil, The Story of Anvil. Uh, because it's being re-released in theaters. So shout-out to Anvil, guys. Good luck with the movie premiere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout-out to uh, everybody that's come out to see us on this tour, our new friends, our our old friends that we saw uh, again, and, of course, to uh, Teresa and to my family. Um, I'm going to say, echoing what uh, Rich and Drew said, uh, thanks to everybody that came out on the Anvil tour. And I'd also like to thank uh, my family, my mom, my dad, my grandma, and my brother for, uh, you know, supporting uh, everything I do with music and uh, just for the support in general. Hell yeah, absolutely. And as always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Pay attention to when these guys are going back out on the road. And guess what, guys? Get your asses out there and support these guys because they, they kick fucking ass and, you know, I had an awesome time hanging out with you guys and watching you all in Louisville when you were here. Oh, dude, it's great seeing you guys play too, man. You guys, you guys don't sell yourself short, man. That was you oh. guys are pretty good. You have, the, you have the game for that night, dude. Yeah, like yeah, we have to up. follow you guys. Holy crap! <laughs> oh, come on now, <laughs> come on. Thank you, seriously. Absolutely, uh, man. Hopefully, we'll get to hook up next time we're in town too. Oh, for sure, for damn sure. So, final question of the day, and it's kind of funny that you brought up the Anvil story of Anvil uh, re-release is. Which actor or actress would play you in a movie? Oh, uh, that's that's a good one. Uh, we get that's got the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I don't know who, who would I want to play me, or who do I think would play me? Because that's two totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you I'm do? Like, <laughs> it's would you want to play you? Who would you want to play you? But but who would you think would play you is even funnier. I think. <laughs> Because it's like, I, I think like, yeah, yeah, badass. I just like, Charles Bronson would play me, yeah. <laughs> but then, then I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be Jack Black in one of these movies. Okay. No disrespect at all to Jack Black, but it's just like, I would I would be the comic relief. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you got one, Rich? I'm thinking, man, you're going to have to <laughs> give right. me a sec here. No problem. I'd say Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know the, when you think about it give Charles and in his prime Danny DeVito oh, oh my god wow <laughs> there you go there, can, there, there can we go. I yeah, honestly sit cool. there and say that Drew that was you saying Steve Buscemi oh yes I, I, I was gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> oh god I'm oh, sorry I'm yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> We are a bunch of airheads, though, that's for sure. Yeah. Dude, oh, I love that film. <laughs> um, 
God. Current actors? Eddie. Eddie actor. Rich would be like Paul Rudd. Well, I was going to say, like, uh... Let's say Elroy Judson. I can see Sean William Scott playing playing Rich. You know. Oh, yeah, that's Stifler. Funny. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. <laughs> Strange as I can see it. <laughs> that was oh. a good question, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That's a hard one to answer, man. Like, that is. That's, that's totally tough. Because I couldn't, I couldn't pick anybody for me either. You know, like... I, I don't know. Somebody would have to just sit there and say, all right, this is who we got. That's who it's going to be. Fucking deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> Dudes, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's, this has been awesome. I've had such a blast with talking with you guys again. And yes, hopefully soon you'll be making it back to Louisville or you know maybe Overload could come to New Jersey at some point next year. Uh, I didn't say nothing. What? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be hanging the fuck out and meddling the fuck out. So Absolutely, yeah, man. Thank you so much for having us. This was a blast, and we will rock together soon. Hell yeah. Off of Kingdom Immortal, what do you guys want to play out today? Uh, tracks one through eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's going to go with the cop out. I'll give you, I'll just go HMO. That gives you the, that gives everybody a good taste of what's to come on the rest of the record. Hell yeah. 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 HMO. Yeah. Awesome. You heard him. This is from Midnight Hellion. This is HMO. do. <laughs>
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.